Welcome to The Square, your podcast from the Iowa League of Cities, bringing you current and important topics from around the state to your town square with our hosts, Mickey Shields, the Director of Membership Services, and Katie Wheeler, the League's Business Relations Coordinator. Our hosts bring you topics that matter to your town square. Hi, Katie. Hey, Mickey. <laughs> How are you today? Pretty good. It's been a very busy uh, fall for the league, and uh, we still have two more municipal leadership academies to go as of this recording. By the time folks listen to this, we'll probably be wrapped up, but it's been a great uh, training series, uh, training season for us with budget workshops and uh, MLA, uh, but it's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Welcome back to the square, everybody. We're glad you're oh, back. Oh, we should say that too, yeah. Welcome yes. back to the square. Back. You're on the square. You're listening. Uh, so, uh, as we were saying, uh, MLA Part 1 is uh, about to finish here, and then MLA Part 2 will be uh, coming up here in January with some online videos that we re will release in early January, and those will cover some more of the fundamentals of city government. So, uh, for, they're great for all city officials, but especially any of you new city officials. We had just had city elections in November, so we have quite a few new council members and mayors out there. That MLA series is an excellent opportunity for you to get a better understanding of city government. We have a bunch of information on that training on our website, iowaleague.org. Check it out. I think you'll definitely get a, a lot out of it. Yes, and you can actually see Mickey live in the MLA Part 2. I heard he's going to get a haircut, so he's going to be looking good. <laughs> I've been a little <laughs> too busy to get a haircut. It's getting pretty shaggy. Uh, Yes, I believe the the format we're using for MLA Part Two this year includes some FaceTime. Uh, we're gonna whoop be in the studio, so <laughs> I'll have to <laughs> put on my best Ron Burgundy uh, uh, <laughs> uh, character and see what happens. So we also need to announce uh, a new. I'm really like <laughs> feeling more Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I mean that's a that's, I'll take that. That's uh, anybody seen a documentary on that gentleman? I it's did pretty watch incredible. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we should announce our a new thing we're doing in 2020 uh, for our legislative activities. It's something that we are going to call My Legislative Day. And it replaces, we, the league has done a, a legislative day of some sort for many years where we invite people down to the Capitol in Des Moines. But this was going to be, I think, something that's going to be a little bit more useful for folks. Uh, if they want to come to, to the Capitol and uh, talk to their legislators, we're going to set up something called My Legislative Day where you can... Uh, let us know if you're interested in coming to the Capitol, meeting with our staff, legislative staff, uh, Robert Palmer and Daniel Stalder. Well, they'll give you a personal tour of the Capitol and hook you up with your legislators and uh, be a little more strategic in using your time and their time to talk to uh, the, uh, the good folks in the Capitol about your local issues. Yeah, and I think it's a great opportunity for you to share your city story with um, the legislature, the legislature, Legislators? Legislators. <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, anyway, I do think it's a great <laughs> it opportunity for you to, yeah, share your voice. Right. Um, Make it a little bit more individualized to mm -hmm. your city because that's pretty sure. important to our members. Um, and then I think collectively it does add to uh, a lot of different cities sharing their local issues and mm -hmm. their needs and wants. And there is and some of their problems, too. I think that's going to be pretty impactful. So Yeah, we'll that'll be a fun day for it folks. It will be, mm -hmm. yes. And I know Robert and Daniel will really appreciate it, too. Yeah, they're excited about they it. They are. So uh, we have a special guest this month, uh, this month's episode. We have Mayor Tom Lazio of Ottumwa. He is also the current league president, the board president. And so we, we sat down with Tom, and we're going to listen to the first part of that interview now. 
Okay, well, on the phone with us, we have Mayor Tom Lazio from the city of Ottumwa, and he's also the league's president. And uh, Tom, we first want to thank you for joining the Square. And uh, we wanted to interview you as uh, both to get some of your experience as uh, mayor of a fine community in Iowa and also as the league president. So first of all, to kind of get us started, uh, if you could tell us about your background, uh, where you grew up and went to school, where have you worked in your career, all that fun stuff. Sure. Well, thanks, Mickey. It's always fun to visit with you guys, and uh, I'm happy to share some thoughts with you. Actually, I was born in Illinois, and uh, my family moved to Muscatine, Iowa, mm-hmm. and so I was raised in Muscatine, uh, went to grade school, high school there, and then uh, graduated from University of Iowa in 1967, uh, had a degree in psych and social, and uh, did graduate work both at Iowa City and Iowa State. Huh. In 1967, I accepted a job with a firm called American Home Finding Association in Atsumwa, and I was a new young caseworker, and home finding is a private family uh, service agency, a 501c3 service agency, and so I started out doing social work, moved up to be a program manager, assistant director, and then ultimately the executive director. Wow. Um, <laughs> so I've I've done everything from sweep floors to, to babysit kids to... Uh, <laughs> deal with pregnant women to uh, mental health issues, uh, ran a group home for girls, uh, had an adolescent youth shelter. Um, so I've seen a lot of family issues and, and all the things that affect kids and, and families as they deal with our systems. So uh, well-rounded, and uh, I think one of the best, uh, you, know, you talk about preparation, uh, I spent several summers working on the Rock Island Line Railroad doing construction work and probably got my best education there and decided yeah. I did not want to do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. so that's, why, that's why I went to college. So uh, anyway, uh, great, great experience. And I stayed with home finding, uh, it was a single job or single employment, but uh, many different jobs and responsible is going through that. Yeah. That sounds, uh, my dad used to always kid us, uh, he did construction to help pay through for college. And he said that was one of the things he learned is that that was he didn't want to do construction for the rest of his life. <laughs> so like That's right. It's a motivator right. to get his degree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You betcha. Yeah. Well, that's, that's an incredible background. Uh, and it sounds like you've been working with people pretty much your whole life. And I, I imagine that's one of the reasons you got involved in city government. So if you could tell our listeners, how did how did you get involved and what motivated you to run for public office? Well, I, I have to tell you, honestly, I wasn't planning on running for any kind of city government uh, after working for the agency for 45 years and retiring. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I were, were going to just travel the country, and uh, we actually went to Spain and did the uh, walk uh, the way of St. James, the El Camino in Spain. Right before I left, a good friend of mine who was a Rotarian called and said, I want to visit with you. And, and so I asked him what about, and he said, uh, we want you to consider running for mayor. And I said, you got to be kidding me. And he said, no, uh, we'd really like some new direction and leadership. I'd been involved with uh, the local hospital board and our school board and mm-hmm. uh, a number of state agencies, the Coalition for Children and Family Services of Iowa. And uh, so I had been involved in a lot of different local and state organizations. So when we went walking in Spain, we had hours and hours and miles and miles to talk and think about this. So I finally decided if if you can put a committee together and uh, get me some help to do this, I'll consider it. Well, when we got back from Spain, 
uh, Bill said, yeah, we got a committee and we're ready to go. So uh, get on board. And uh, so that's, that was my, uh, I guess, initiation into hmm. public life and the being mayor. And I ran for mayor in 14 and was elected and uh, beat an incumbent, which uh, was no major or was a major undertaking. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I found that to be just a great experience. I walked the city street, visited over uh, 3,000 homes and, oh, and talked with people here in town and got a sense of what they wanted. And uh, the one thing I felt I could offer was, again, communication with the public, being more transparent and open, share more with them. And and I, a neighbor of ours was former mayor, Dale Euling. Mm-hmm. And if you recall, Dale also was very active with the league. Mm-hmm. So I picked his brain a lot and asked him lots of questions, felt that uh, it was a, a worthy uh, you know, activity that I should give back to the community. So um, put my name in and, and uh, the rest is history. And so I've been reelected twice. It's been just a great experience getting to know our, our community and our city staff. You know, we're like every city. We have lots of challenges, uh, infrastructure, obviously, funding and uh, housing shortages and those types of things. But I'd have to say it's been a very enjoyable experience. People have been very gracious accepting and helpful. And we have a great staff here at City Hall, so they've made it easy for me. Yeah. After hearing more about your background, I can see why you are a good fit for mayor. How has Atumwa changed over the years? And what are some of the challenges that your city has faced? Well, I think the biggest challenge when I first was elected was we had a a council that was not working very well together. And uh, we had a lot of issues that we had to uh, kind of get priority. And so I put it together a list of personal and city goals. And then we did some work with uh, Jeff Schott from the Public Institute, did our goal planning and strategic planning. And I found that those were very much in sync with what I wanted to do personally. So we embarked on uh, economic development, uh, housing shortages, uh, being more transparent, more communication with the public. Uh, developing some recreational uh, opportunities and trying to be have the city hall become more user friendly because I was pretty active in the community, but you know you, you you just don't realize how many things the city staff deal with, and they know their jobs very well. But the average citizen when they come in, it's a little overwhelming when you walk in city hall and you don't know where to go and and how you're going to be treated. And I really put the emphasis on you know customer service. Let's let's be uh, genuine and, and open and honest. And if we don't know, tell them that, and we'll find the answer for them. Mm-hmm. It's been a real real challenge to get our, our staff to work together now because when you have a council that is not working well together, it's hard for the city staff to get a sense of where they're going and what they can do. So uh, the first couple of years, we really put that emphasis on getting our council back to uh, uh, getting uh, working as a team and, and uh Seeing the city issues as something we all had a hand in, even if it wasn't my department or your department, but working together and uh, mm-hmm. stressing the, the importance of, of being open and honest with our taxpayers. Uh, they they put the bill for everything. So mm-hmm. um, it was really important to get the council working well. And uh, I think we did replace a couple of council people. And, and uh, in the past uh, four years, we've had a, a very solid council with good active involvement, and uh, they've been a joy to work with. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. Uh, we have a lot of new council members, of course, following the, the recent city elections. And one of the things that we try to stress uh, is the, the value of planning and goal setting and how that, uh, beyond the, the, the help in identifying priorities, uh, that it gets people to come together. And you may not always agree 
on everything. You probably won't, but you at least you at least get to hear each other's perspectives and viewpoints, and you're definitely going to learn more about your your fellow council members. So along those lines, what do you all have planned for the future? Well, you know, a couple of things that we did the first couple of years, and and again, I think that planning and uh, I would encourage one of the things that was really helpful to me was that I went through the CMO uh, classes and and became a certified uh, elected uh, municipal official. Uh, I also went through MLA and uh, found those to be very helpful. And I would strongly encourage new council members and mayors to uh, go to any of the league training. And uh, it's as much the uh, connections with other elected officials. The material you guys present and give to us is very good and timely. And uh, I find it very helpful to just think through some of the issues because uh, one of the things I have found doesn't make a difference what size city you are. We all have the same issues with inadequate funding. Mm-hmm. infrastructure problems, housing, workforce, you know, uh, challenges. So having people that that can help you with some of that stuff and you guys at the league do a great job. So mm-hmm. I think uh, those are some of the keys and we're working on some, some big projects. Now we're doing, uh, I'm sure you've heard of our, uh, we've done a major streetscape yeah. and uh, a facade program. And we've worked very closely with the Iowa Economic Development Authority we now have 120 apartments, upper story apartments that we didn't have uh, 10 years ago. Wow. We just had an open house. Main Street did a program this weekend with a, they call it the tour homes. And uh, we opened up some of those apartments and people were just flabbergasted with how beautiful and functional and, and to be right downtown. And mm-hmm. of course, the other thing that helped uh, this, just this November we got designated as a quiet zone by the Federal Railway uh, Authority because, uh, you know, we used to have, uh, well, we still have 40 trains a day that go through the city wow. yeah. and, and seven crossings, and they blow their horn four times at each crossing. So, you know, it's uh, over a thousand horns that used to be blowing every day, and uh, mm-hmm. now it's very quiet. That's it's a big good deal. For the downtown. Uh-huh. Oh, it is a big it deal. Is, yeah. It's good for the businesses. It's good for the apartment because the dwellers don't get disturbed in the middle of the night or right. during the day. And so that's a big thing. Uh, another big project, and we just signed the uh, finalization papers this past week. Um, we we rebuilt our airport runway because um, the Atomo Airport was part of the uh, well, the Second World War. The, the Navy had a training station in Atomo. And they built a, a beautiful runway system for the naval training, but uh, it hasn't been really touched in a long time. So we completely rebuilt our main runway, and we have a 6,000-foot-plus runway now, so we can handle about anything that wants to come in to uh, fly into our airport. We have a new terminal building. And we're really working on some economic development at our airport. That's a real plus, and I think uh, something that's really going to be uh, – a real future-oriented kind of project for mm-hmm. getting more businesses and activities out there. Wow. Yeah, that's great to see. And uh, definitely, I w- we were just down there for a, a municipal leadership academy, and I got to see up close uh, some of the work being done downtown in Atomo, and it's, it's tremendous. And I think uh, the the future of the community is definitely improving by the day, and I think it's going to be set up well for the future generation. So a tip of the hat yep. to you and your fellow council. We are back, and we are going to try to stump Mickey Shields once again. Mm-hmm. And the question of the month is, does your city have to adopt a certain set of council meeting rules of procedure, such as Robert's Rule? 
So do you know what Robert's Rules is? It has to do with home rule, right? Not quite. Kind of. That used to be? It's parliamentary procedure. Huh? It was, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's an English thing, um, which is the the birthplace of home rule, so you're on the right path. But uh, it's something that a lot of governmental entities across the world actually used uh, following English parliamentary procedure. And at some point in time, a lot of cities used it, but many cities have steered away from that because it's sort of antiquated, frankly. <laughs> and uh, it was written, the Robert's Rules were written, I don't even know when, 1600s or something like that, the original version. Uh, but again, many cities have steered clear of those because it's a little complicated and, and probably not really useful for many of our cities. Uh, but you do have a power, the power as a city government to set your own council meeting rules of procedure. Uh, the state code supports that. So you can adopt uh, different rules for the order of business of your council meetings, uh, the agenda, how the agenda is developed, who speaks and when, how public comments are going to be handled, when the people can speak. Uh, All of that stuff can be decided by each city government out there. And we strongly encourage every city council to adopt their own rules of procedure for their council meetings uh, and and also to review review your current ones if you already have some in place. The other thing, too, that you can do in your rules of procedure is uh, require certain decorum and professionalism in the comments. That's something that comes up from time to time, whether you're dealing with an unruly citizen or even a council member that uh, needs to be reined in a little bit. Uh, But you need those rules in place first to give yourself something to enforce to make sure your meetings are done effectively and efficiently. Boom. There it is. (laughs) There you go. You knew it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's something that comes up all the time throughout the year, but especially uh, in the early part of the year when we have new council members joining the ranks and everybody's kind of wondering how the meetings are supposed to be done. So great question. And if anybody needs any sample rules of procedure, we have a ton here at the league. So let us know. Perfect. Now we are going to get back to our interview with the Atemo mayor and our league president, Mayor Lazio. The Square is brought to you by the Iowa League of Cities. Come and see us at www.iowaleague.org. Okay, so you're talking about the the Yatoma Legacy Yeah, foundation. the Yatoma Legacy Foundation is a private uh, foundation, and they've been a great partner in doing a lot of public-private partnership projects where um, they've really helped us with planning and, and funding some of the issues that, uh, you know, we did a new Market Street Bridge, for example, and we've done... Uh, well, one of the big ones that we really wasn't very expensive, but they provide a lot of great leadership and some consulting services. We changed our one-way streets to two-way streets. That has made a significant difference in the downtown business area, and I would encourage people to to think about that if there's something they're looking at. Now, for us, we had been one-way streets for years and years, and mm-hmm. people were very opposed to it, but we had public meetings, and we uh, went and talked to the business owners and uh, once they got the, the streets changed around, uh, we've had no problems with it, and it's been just a great asset for um, economic development downtown. Yeah, it's amazing what that – it seems like a somewhat small uh, change on both. Uh, it makes people <laughs> – incites a lot of interest from your public, but I think uh, it's a, it seems seemingly small but makes a big deal. So I would t- tell a lot of our listeners, go down, go to Atoma, check it out. Talk to Mayor Lazio. I'm sure he'll give you a little tour if you if you can find some time. I know you're very busy, but um, there's some really interesting things being done there, and especially in the downtown area. 
we we Mickey, we have a a new tagline we've used. Let us surprise you, and I think a lot of people, uh, you know, remember a tumble in the years past, and and I think we've changed, and we have mm-hmm. a whole different outlook. Some real positive things. We've got some great community partners: Indian Hills Community College, mm-hmm. JBS, one of the largest uh, bacon producing plants in the world. John Deere is here. We've just got some great community partners that help us are really involved in local planning. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to see. So let's switch gears here and kind of uh, have you put on your league president hat here for a second. So you've served on our league board since 2016, and I, just uh, I think to help folks understand how it all starts with our membership. So how, what prompted you to serve on the league board? Well, I think it was just an interest in learning more about city government and, and in our particular Wapalo County area. Atoma is the largest city, and then we have a lot of small cities around us. And I wanted to be able to have better communication with those elected officials, too. So uh, I started going to the league and said, hey, that, that's one way that we could uh, help each other. So I asked to be uh, considered for the league board and uh, was selected. And that's been, like, like I said, just a great resource to me personally. And uh, I bring material back for our staff and for the local communities around us. Uh, I think... Um, you know, the annual conference is great. We we just completed that this fall, and uh, just so much good learning goes on. So got involved with it, and then I, I give, again, a credit to former Mayor Dale Euling, who was really active in the league and uh, encouraged me to consider it. So I followed up on that, and it's uh, been a very enjoyable experience. You get to know some great people throughout the state, and we all have the same needs and issues, and, and I think our legislative values really support that you know that we all believe in local control and and we want the financial resources to operate our cities the best we can and we're all striving to do uh, some economic development so anything we can do that will help our city survive and and grow is is what i've tried to do and uh i thought that you know coming from a corporate background in a sense and going into government would be a help to to look at things a little differently and uh you know, maybe offer some direction and and, uh, encouragement. And I was used to lobbying at the state, so I felt that was very uh, uh, typical and and could do that on behalf of the league. So uh, I think it was just a natural uh, movement to say, I'd like to work more in the leadership role with the league staff, get some things done at the state level. You bet. Mayor Lagio, do you have any specific goals for your presidency for this year? Well, I think two things that, that I would, uh, and, and I can't take credit for it, but I really want to be supportive, the uh, the formation of the new mayor's group, and I think that is an, an outstanding effort, and one of our former uh, league presidents, John Lundell, has kind of taken the, uh, uh, the leadership on that, and I think, you know, the response we've had from people in, in different uh, communities, large and small, has been just tremendous, so I really want to support that and see that get going, and develop that as to be a, a real spokes group for the state of uh, of Iowa because when we get to Des Moines uh, you know we have a lot of small cities that that uh, we really need to represent them and get their best interests out there too so uh, that's a personal goal and I think finding ways that we can work with our legislature to understand that unfunded mandates are hard for all of our cities especially small cities and we've got to find ways to uh, allocate and support them with finances and, and a variety of economic tools. Uh, one one size doesn't fit all. And so uh, providing that kind of leadership and working with Alan Kemp, our executive director, and our 
legislative committee, I think we can we can provide some direction and help our legislators understand the, the needs that the local cities have. Right. Yeah, it's absolutely vital that we do that, and we definitely appreciate your support and leadership. Um, one last thing, I, somebody told me that yes. you're a professional dancer. One thing that our yeah members may not know is Mayor Lazio can tear up the dance floor. <laughs> well, I'm lucky. I have, a, I have a great partner, and we do love to dance, and I love music. And so, uh, yeah, we were dancing at the uh, Dubuque uh, meeting, and uh, I noticed somebody was there. We uh, we just don't get a chance to do very much dancing anymore. So anytime there's a good band or good music, we take advantage of it. <laughs> That's fantastic. One so the- we can expect to see some dance moves. <laughs> In Coralville. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's one of the draws of the annual conference, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah, Mayor Lazio, thank you very much for your time. We look forward to, to working with you as our uh, board president, and uh, and thank you for all of your service uh, to our city government and to Otumwa. Thank you very much. Yeah, all thank right. you for thank your time you. today. That was an excellent interview. Learned a lot more about Mayor Lazio than I, even though he's been on the board for a few years and he's just a great guy. Very fun to talk to. He's such a lovely man. And a great dancer. And he's an excellent dancer. So if you want to see him showing his moves, we hope to see you in Corville next year. I'm sure he'll uh, be willing to show those off uh, live and in person. So I think we're going to move on to our next segment, which is always one of the most fun things that we do as our get to know league your league interview this month we have allison dider allison how are you good how are you guys good are you welcome prepared to for the this? square allison yes i feel like i'm very prepared <laughs> as always always, always. It's very interesting seeing this from this perspective <laughs> yeah i love it yeah it's as as, am, as amateur as you thought, I'm sure. <laughs> you guys are great. <laughs> except for Ryan. Except for Ryan. He keeps us uh, yeah. sounding good. So, Allison, uh, tell us a little bit about um, you. Like, What do you do for the league and your title? And um, me and Katie know, but our listeners should find out. Yes. I'm the accountant for the Iowa League of Cities. Which is why you're so prepared. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and... Um, I have been with the league since July of 2011, so a little over eight years. So uh, it has gone def- quickly. Yes, it has gone very fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're very happy to have you. Um, from my standpoint, Allison is absolutely critical. Uh, she helps uh, all of our accounting, and we do a lot of workshops where we're having to keep our budget straight, and she keeps me in line, making sure I'm not spending too much money on all that fun stuff we do at our conference and at our workshop. So thank you, Allison. Yeah, thank for you. For all your help. Yeah. Uh, so a little background. Where did you grow up? Go to school? I'm from Ames, Iowa, and I went to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love it. And I love the Cyclones, and I'm looking forward to them beating the Hawkeyes tomorrow night at the basketball Well, yeah, game. so recording this the day before the Hawks play Go Cyclones. the team from uh, Ames. <laughs> Uh, in men's basketball, women's basketball, I believe is tonight. So, oh, really? Yeah, it's a big, kind of a big deal, I yes. guess. Yeah, yeah. Go we'll cycles. see. We'll just keep that, <laughs> keep that trophy on our side of the state. Anyways, so you went to Ames High, Ames High. Yep, you sure did. That's cool. Yep, in Iowa State. In Iowa State, yeah. Yep. All right. When you're not in the office, what can we find you doing? 
Well, my two boys keep me pretty busy right now. I have an almost three-year-old and an almost one-year-old, so a lot of my time and is with them. they are cuter than can be. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. <laughs> I think they're pretty cute, too. <laughs> um, but they keep me very busy. I also just love being active and being outside. I play volleyball right now, and I've been trying to run, but the weather has been kind of making that a little difficult. I mm-hmm. did run in the snow the other day, but... Oh, my. Yep. You're nuts. So, and just being outside, I've really enjoyed taking my boys to all of the parks and playgrounds, which there are a lot of very nice yeah. playgrounds in the Des Moines area and surrounding cities. So, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very fun fortunate. fact about Allison we, as a staff, have a stretch break on Monday mornings, <laughs> and she leads the stretch mm-hmm. break. So, if you're ever in the area, Monday morning around 11, pop over and Allison can lead us in a stretch. Yes. Absolutely. I would love for you to join <laughs> it's us. It's really yes. great. I love all the staff that have been participating, so more merrier. Yeah, it takes yeah. about 10 minutes, and yeah, and we're all ready to focus back on work for the week. I feel like it's a great little break for everyone. Even if you can't join, do it at your desk. Like It's great to just take a minute and shake out your body, and mm-hmm. feels good. It does feel good. <laughs> I'm glad you dragged me out of my office for that. Yep, I've been forcing <laughs> Mickey to do it the last two weeks, because yep. <laughs> we do it right in front of his office. <laughs> right, right. It's a good spot. <laughs> and then it's awkward when he's your boss, and he's not out there. Okay. Moving on. uh, uh, What is the best career advice you've ever received? So this question, I was difficult for me, but Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say it's difficult for everybody. So it's okay. I I mean, I couldn't honestly think of any career advice other than just being a good person. But uh, some advice that I gave recently, someone I will not announce, (laughs) that mistakes will always happen and everyone makes mistakes. It's just how you handle it and address mm-hmm. it that really leaves a lasting impression and that's what matters. So I, my OCD, I'm a perfectionist and I've had to learn. I mean, I've definitely made mistakes, but how I handled it was what yeah. mattered. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's an excellent advice. I've never seen you make a mistake, so I'm <laughs> not sure that actually has ever happened. <laughs> At least at work, but no, you're you, you're absolutely because of the way I handle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You never let anybody see it. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Look at you, smooth. We wouldn't know. Yeah, <laughs> I try to impart that on our children, uh, especially our son. He's definitely got some perfectionist tendis- tendencies, like his mom and dad, and it's like you try to let them know, like it's, it's, it's okay. not everyone's going to make mistakes, but it's what you do next mm-hmm. is what really counts. So. That's great. Thanks for sharing. All right, Allison, what do you enjoy about working at the league? I have a few things that I was thinking about with this. And before working at the league, I really feel like I didn't have insight into city government or anything Mm -hmm. with regards to how a city functions. So it's been very interesting learning about that and just seeing what cities have to deal with and challenges they face. So definitely makes me appreciate it more. And also just seeing our members, especially at conference, that's the most time I interact with them. Just all the love and dedication that our members do show to their cities and how they want to make it better. Like, it's really heartwarming, and I do enjoy it. And it makes me appreciate living in Iowa. Like, I've definitely grown my appreciation for Mm -hmm. living here and being from Iowa. That's cool. And we also have some very amazing staff, so... Everyone that we work with, I feel like, is great to work with and makes it a fun environment. So definitely have enjoyed being at the league. (laughs) And this is why we all love Allison. (laughs) I should also quickly mention Allison's an excellent athlete. She would never, she's too modest to say that. She's one of those people, though, 
she didn't golf a whole lot growing up, but her family did. Then one right. day we had a we were doing some golf. We went had a golf outing for the league, and she went out and she's just awesome. She's one of those people that picks. Really annoys most golfers because <laughs> golf is a hard sport. And like the first time she goes out and plays, she's awesome. And it's just like what? I don't know. About some that. people You're are gonna just natural. Thinking, but no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and disc golf too, yes. which is Ryan's love. Oh yeah, Ryan is definitely <laughs> he's the man. And I'm a pro. But you're pretty good too. So <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I I want to get my boys out there more as they get older. Yeah, so definitely sure. instilling those healthy habits, yeah. being active. Yes, I love it. So, yeah, but thank absolutely. you. I mean, yeah. I think it just comes with being active, and right. like, then you're just naturally kind of able to do yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Well, thanks for jumping jumping on the square with us. Thanks so much for having me. All right. The Square is brought to you by the Iowa League of Cities. Come and see us at www.iowaleague.org. All right. We are back with the answer to last month's trivia question. The question last month was, what county in Iowa has the most cities? So this is one another one of our trick questions because there are numerous cities out there that actually sit in more than one county. So it kind of depends on how you count them, but I think in our research, we simply just said whatever county listing it has, even if they're in multiple counties, we counted that city being in a county. And the most is Dubuque County, which has 21 cities, which is quite a bit. I think the average is, you can probably do the math, 942 cities, 99 counties in Iowa. So you're closer to 10 per county, somewhere in that neighborhood. So Dubuque County with 21 is quite a bit, a lot of towns up there, a lot of beautiful, lovely communities. We go up there quite a bit for different work. It's a great place. So they are uh, they're the most uh, most cities per county. Congratulations to Dubuque <laughs> County. Congratulations to you. Uh, so for uh, this month, we've got one. I think uh, there's a city in, in Iowa that claims this as uh, something of, of notoriety. But the, the question is, what is the coldest temperature recorded in Iowa and where this is uh, again so there's a community in Iowa that uh, are they proud of this I think they are huh. yes they might even put it on their welcome sign a little hmm. hint a little hint for our people traveling hmm. the state over the holidays okay <laughs> can't wait to hear all right well as always send in your uh, trivia answers uh, any questions you have for us and any comments to uh, the square at iowaleague.org. We always appreciate it. We appreciate you listening. Yep. Thanks for joining us on The Square.